So Isaiah 43, you want to go to verse 18, if that's all right. We've been looking at Joshua these last few weeks, and myself and Ade have been speaking on Joshua, which is all about being strong and courageous and going in and taking the land. We've had some really helpful people, actually. I, I went on a bit of a retreat earlier this week for a few days. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. I, I recognise I'm, I'm in a very privileged position for the church to send me off just to get some time before God, before we sort of step into this new season. Veronica, particularly, thank you so... I've got your name right. I'm winning. <laughs> Woo, it's only taken me like six months. I'm so sorry. But v- Veronica very kindly sent through a sense of a prophetic word. Uh, when we were speaking on Joshua, we were sort of saying about... Obviously, it's talking about going in and laying hold of the land, this brand new promised land that God has called his people into. Um, It's about far more than a building, far, far more than a building. It's not just about building moves. That One of the dangers can be we can come to scripture particularly and we can just kind of make it shoehorn into the things that we're doing and say, right, I'm going to do this because this verse says that. But we also need to look at it in the context of what was God saying to his people right then. That's how we rightly handle the prophetic. So we really want to, when we're reading it, it's not just, well, this speaks this to me. Well, it may do, but also there's a sense of what it also spoke to them. So I often have had this talk to me about like mountain ranges. So when you see a mountain, um, you see one mountain, then another one, then another one. But when you look at them side on, there's these huge gaps. But when you're looking at them this way, they're all piled up on top of one another. It's a bit like that with the prophetic. God was speaking to this people, and he's also speaking to us. And he might even actually also be speaking to future people. The word of God is speaking to all people at all times. But it means different things in different generations to different people. But there's a sense that there's like a thread of it means the same thing to everyone. It's a bit of a hard one to grasp, but it's very important for us to think of that as we're approaching the Word of God. And so I was going to come back to Joshua again. I think Adam might approach it next week. I'm not sure Adam's going to be preaching for us next week, but we're going to give him liberty to speak on what he feels is right for the season we're in. Um, But I was in a prayer meeting yesterday, funnily enough. There were a couple of people in the church in the prayer meeting. And as I was walking down the high street to the prayer meeting, it was at the Methodist church on the high street, I noticed, because like many of you, if you know me, I I love looking at all the premises on the high streets that are available. Like I drive my wife crazy talking about rentals and what we could buy and what we could rent and how... We haven't got a bean. Well, we've got a few beans, but not enough beans. Um... And I noticed one of the buildings we've really like, had a bit of a thing for, because it's a very nice building, is the big Burton's building on the high street. And I've noticed over the last week or two, sadly, but also good for the town, um, is it's being re- like renovated, renewed. It's being kitted out and sort of fitted out inside. So there's someone new moving in there. I really felt like that would be a great... That's the promised land for us. That would be a great place to move into. And then as I was walking down, I saw another shop as well, similarly, was being kitted out. It was actually a building that we'd gone for some time before that's a council-owned one. And it's just said, like, we're closed for the moment because we're kind of having a... We're redecorating. It's got that sort of sign on it. It's number 34 on the high street, right next to the Methodist building. And as I walked past, I just had a flash in my mind of this verse. And so I'll read it out. It's um, Isaiah 43, 18, I'll go in from. Remember not the former things nor consider the things of old. This was the bit that kind of almost heard in my mind. Behold, it's like the Lord was saying, look. Like what you've just seen, look, behold, there's something in this. I am doing a new thing. And so as I saw these shops, I was thinking, the Lord was saying, I want your attention. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. It's like it's coming, like it's bursting through now, like the spring. It's 
bursting through the ground. Do you not perceive it? Uh, a little while back, it's interesting because God's been saying the same message over the weeks, and I sort of woke up to it last night. There's the sanctuary of God in Ezekiel. Son of man, look at this. There's that sense of like, I want your attention. Son of man, look at this. I want you to take note. So now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honour me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. To give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. And there was this real sense, as I was walking past these buildings, I felt like the Lord was saying like, I'm doing something on the high street that's about more than like your church. But I'm bringing new life, I'm bringing regeneration. There's like a new spirit that's washing through the town. What I'd love us to do is just on our tables, just for a couple of minutes, I'd love you just to read through those verses. So verse 18 through to verse 21. And I'd love you just to talk about what's the one thing that to you leaps out to you. Just spend maybe two minutes. Could we have the two minute timer come up? That would be great, Louis. Because almost as we've talked about the prophetic and it's speaking to different people, like I've felt like this has spoken to me. I'd love to hear what do you feel like the Lord is saying to you on your table about what it says in Isaiah 43, these few verses. Is that okay? I'll give you two minutes. Okay. So that, that's your time up. Five, four, three, two, one, back in the room. Um, so what would be great, just maybe a few people, if you could shout out like one or two words, like not sentences or paragraphs, what, what was the main thing that leapt out to you that you ended up talking about on your table? Just shout out, don't be shy, we won't run the mic over. Um, go for it, don't be shy. Don't look back on the past. Don't look back on the past. Great, so what, what made you think that, like doing a new thing? Look forward, yeah. Great. Also, yeah, yeah. So the perceive it, it's springing forth. It's like now. Don't miss this moment. I want your attention because you can miss it. It's like now. There's something happening. Go on, Pam, nice and loud. Yeah. Yeah, so this thing particularly of the wilderness struck out to me in that it's, it's away from the centre. You think of the ministry of Jesus, um, it's a great point, the ministry of Jesus was always on the fringes, always on, well not always, but it's on the fringes, on the margins. You look where healings happened, often wasn't in the synagogues, it was out in the highways and the byways. It, it was amongst the least, the last and the lost, wasn't it? He was a friend of sinners. The ministry of Jesus seems to be most powerful and anointed in the wilderness, in the margins. Like there's a, there's a great schooling that happens in the wilderness. You think for the Israelites, 40 years getting Egypt out of their system as God is leading them through the wilderness so that they can then embrace the promised land, this new start. There was almost like there had to be a bit of a wiping of the slate for a generation or two of what Egypt felt like. The ones that came out of Egypt wanted to go back to it, didn't they? The generation afterwards were the ones that laid hold of it because they didn't want to go back to Egypt. 
They wanted to lay hold of the promises of God. There can be a real sense, going back to what Sarah said, when God calls you into a new thing, sometimes the call of the past can get quite strong. I'm not mixing verses, I'm, I'm assuming a bit of an understanding of some of the stories. But with the Israelites leaving Egypt, there was this sense of like, can we go back? Like, at least we had food. Stuff like that. Well, you can have some manna. Manna's not good enough, God. Like, that's a great miracle. Well, can we have some, let's have some KFC. Let's have some Kentucky Fried Quail, KFQ. We want some quail. Quail's not good enough. And there was this yearning for Egypt. It was like they forgot about the fact it was slavery and bondage and terrible. At least there was food. And, and like, just, you know, like, it's about far more than a building would be. It would be so easy for us to have, oh, it's filter coffee in, this new, in the new venue. <laughs> Can we not go back to Costa? Like, obviously, we're not in slavery here, so I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. But whatever God, I, I firmly believe God is speaking to each and every one of us individually about a new thing, about something that he wants to lead you into. Jesus is continually changing us from one deg- degree of glory to the next so that we become more like him. So that means our life shouldn't look static or that we stay the same. It means that people, the world look on and they see transformation, but the you they know in five years isn't the you of today. And the the you of today is not like the one of you five years ago. You look back and you think, my gosh, look how far I've come. Like my, like, it's it's miraculous. But when you're in it, you can't see it. That's why the Lord says, don't you see what I'm doing? Don't you? Perceive it. Open your eyes. It's happening. Like Emmanuel said, right now, today. I'm doing something, but you can so easily not see it. Because you're either thinking of where you come from, or you're thinking where you don't want to go, and you're maybe not even living in the present. Because you're just so like, mindful of the past. Like Some of us have got really messy backgrounds, and it can be like this horrible DVD that just plays over again and again in our mind, like torment and torture. Just like this horrible thing we can't seem to get free of. Whereas the Lord's saying, wake up. I want to st- I'm, I'm talking to you about something today. For, for those of you in the workplace, it could be about your workplace, about people there. But you're just so busy with everything, all the problems, all the challenges, all the emails, that you're not quite seeing it. And the Lord's saying, Look, I just want your attention. I'm here too. And I'm leading you into something new. But I need your attention. For us as a church, collectively, yeah, it's about a building in this second. But it's also about the town. Jesus is saying, I have called you here for a purpose. We're not just here for lovely coffee and cake when we can be bothered to buy the cake. But we're here because we want to honour Jesus. We want to make him known. What, what else? Maybe one or two other tables. Just shout out very quick. What did you say? Go for it. Do not let dark command. Yeah, yeah. We could easily look. Yeah, that, that's brilliant. So we, we could easily look ahead and say, there ain't a way through here. Like, we haven't got enough beans for whatever the Lord wants us to do. Um, whether that's hiring buildings, whether that's living sacrificially, whatever it looks like, the Lord is the one who's going to do it. He's either Lord of all or not Lord, Lord, of, Lord at all. And if we're holding areas of our lives back, like, oh, we can be praying, Lord, bless me, Lord, help me be part of your mission. It's the basics. He, he wants our heart. He wants our life. He wants our families. He wants our home. He wants to move through us. He wants it all. He's Lord of all or not Lord at all. If, if we're prepared to say, Lord, I'm not doing that bit, then what other bits are you not going to do? 
what are the areas we're going to hold back in? I just, just you know, gosh. I don't, yeah, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole just yet. Maybe that will be a, a happier message when I think about how I might frame it. But I will make a way in the wilderness. Rivers in the desert. The provision of the Lord will come in areas that look like they're barren. Thinking of the wilderness, like, what, why would you want to go there? We, we want, like, I want the land of milk and honey. I want the glory. I want, I want to lay hold. Like the Lord's saying, actually, do you not see what I'm going to do is actually in the areas that people don't want to go to. Thinking of your own life. Think of the, think of the areas that maybe where you live or the places or the people's hearts in your workplace that you would say, that's like a wilderness. They're, dealing with these people is like dealing with jackals and ostriches. That area is like too far gone for the glory of God. You might think like that. Like I think like that with some people and I think, Jesus, could you reach them? And I thought, well, you reach me. If you've managed to reach me, of course you can reach them. But think of those places. What are the areas where you feel like, gosh, this just feels barren. It feels dry. It doesn't feel like there's enough. There's not enough. There's not enough grace. There's not enough money. There's not enough time. There's not enough whatever. There's not enough space. There's not enough margin. All of those things. Are just, it's just too much. Like I would say that they're the areas where the Lord wants to pour his grace in. He wants to bring something in the wilderness. Because if he can bring it out of the plenty, like when it's harvest time, you expect loads of oranges, didn't you, or apples. But when God draws something out of something that looks like it's dead, then he gets glory. Then, then, he, then he gets, like people say, my gosh, where has this come from? I think of my own life, 10, 15 years ago, far from God's, like people look like my family, like you guys just know me as Gordon. Like I've not always been someone that's loved Jesus. People that look at my life, they say, what has gone on with you? Because like, I'm not the person that's like ravaged by drugs. I'm not the person that's like got their hand in the till. I'm not the person that's using women as if they're like something that can be cast aside and it's not important like how I treat them. Jesus has done something in my heart. He drew something out of the wilderness. And what Jesus wants to do in your heart is the same thing. But if you're saying, no, Jesus, I don't want you to move in this area, like, gosh, he's not Lord of all, is he? He's not Lord at all. You, 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 you think that you can tend the wilderness better than he can. Good luck with that. <laughs> Genuinely, good luck with that. Yeah. But it is. We're not just here for larger Sundays. I was thinking of, of, of Adam and Eve. Um, Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the garden. They were allotted a place where, and they were entrusted it that they would tend it and, and take dominion over that for the glory of God. Not that they would ravage it and pillage it and, and ruin it, but actually that they would tend to it to the glory of God. Then obviously sin, slept, uh, sin slipped into the equation and then that kind of relationship has been broken. And I feel like what God's doing when he calls us into a land like he did with the Israelites into the promised land, is actually what he's doing, is he's saying, I want you to, like Adam and Eve did in the cool of the night in the garden, I want you to walk in this place, I want you to commune with me, and I want you to tend it, and bring renewal in that place, like Adam and Eve did, I want you to steward it. What that looks like means that we need to prioritise actually time in the garden, looking after things, bringing life, doing a bit of pruning, doing a bit of digging, It, it, it just doesn't all happen through prayer. Like prayer, like don't hear what I'm not saying. Prayer is the chief work. It's the primary thing. But there's pushing and praying. 
So we pray and then we push in the direction that the Lord's calling us to pray into. And so tending the garden looks like doing a bit of weeding. It looks like getting rid of a bit of rot. It looks like bringing the harvest in. It looks like replanting. It looks like not doing stuff when the land's fallow. I'm not a very good gardener. I've just observed what my wife does. She's a much better gardener than I am. But there is a sense that you have to... you You leave the garden, what does it look like? It's a mess, isn't it? Not long, it's a mess. And what God wants to do here in Sittingbourne, I, f- I firmly feel like, like there are tired and run-down areas, spaces, buildings. I've, I've been noticing this for, for, for months, since COVID particularly. You've just seen like a falling apart of the high street. And actually, I felt as I was walking down and just seeing a bit of a buzz in some of these buildings, I, like, I didn't feel like it was a natural thing. I, this word of like, perceive it. I'm doing a new thing. I want to bring regeneration, not just to a Sunday meeting, but to the town. And I felt like the Lord calls me to zoom out and see something of like Sittingbourne as a whole area, like 65, 70,000 people. Like, it is, just come, like the Lord says, come up here, I want to show you something. It's like zooming out and we, we can't see the wood for the trees and we get up high and we can see something. And I, I felt like the Lord was saying, what does it take to regenerate a town? Not just a building. Imagine like, yay, we've got a shop on the high street and we've managed to get enough beans together to make that work. Yay, great us, go Jesus. I felt like the Lord is, and that's well and good. Like, I'm not decrying that, but I felt like the Lord was saying, what does it look like to be a people that are going to lay hold of the land to the glory of God? For Sittingbourne, for Tenham, for Batchild, for Kemsley, for all the other areas, and apologies if I didn't mention one that you live in, but all of Sittingbourne, I mentioned your one because I forgot it the first time a few years ago. But the Lord wants to pour his spirit out. This thing of, I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to bring water in the wilderness, rivers in the dev- desert, to give drink to my chosen people. What that means is what the Lord wants to do is he wants to bring something out of, out of the town that looks barren. And that is going to bring life to you. So those of you who are saying, I want an adventure with Jesus. I want to experience the joy of the spirit it's actually in the wilderness that the lord's going to draw out the stuff that's going to nourish his chosen people it's out of this renewal but the lord doing what only he can do bringing something out of nothing he spoke in the darkness and he brought something out of it that's what the lord does in the wilderness he speaks something into barrenness that brings life some of you will be in situations right now where you feel like you are in a barren situation it's dead it might be at work, you can't see your way through. It might be a house move, it's just not shifting. It might be that you're like just stuck somewhere and you, and you wish you weren't there. It might be that there is a habitual sin that only you know about, but it robs you of any authority in your life. All of these things, the Lord wants to bring life in that area. He wants to bring, because that's the wilderness. He wants to bring life out of it. And also, this thing of the jackals and the ostriches, I was thinking it's like the least, the last, and the lost. In the wilderness, there are... There are people living that the Lord wants to draw to himself. He wants those who are literally living like animals to come into an awareness of the kingdom of heaven. To come alive to him. And so then we have verses like, here I am Lord, send me. The Lord's wanting his people to go into the wilderness. Maybe, was there one more? Maybe one or two, one more. Yeah, yeah, amen. So for the benefit of those who couldn't hear that because of the recording, uh, Veronica just shared that the thing of the land being spoiled is also that the people are spoiled and it's barren, it lacks any good thing. 
and there's a real sense of not meeting the mark and what the Lord wants to do is bring life there. Wants to bring regeneration there. He will be glorified through that. There was a, a lot of this was stuff that, that I felt the Lord spoke to me kind of whilst I was on sabbatical. So that's all kind of just one big mishmash of things. But the last thing I just want to touch on quick. I know if you've got to go because of time parking, I apologise. I just want to say this last bit um, then it means I don't have to come back to it. But the, the, the thing of the jackals and the ostriches, like those who, like in the wilderness, and the God's calling a chosen people to himself, um, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about dignity and about integrity and about royalty and about the fact that each and every one of us, but also the jackals and the ostriches, each and every person that's far from God has, has intrinsic value and dignity and integrity because they're made in the image of God. For those of you this morning, like one, one of the things, I'm going to be really honest, one of the things that I've continually grappled with all the way through my life is, is just personal sin in the darkness of my own heart. Um, and so while I was away, there, there was a book that I read and I was like, I really want to sort of just get my head around it. So, sometimes I feel like I'm super victorious, great months, sometimes great years, and other days I just feel like, what a fraud, you know, like what an absolute sham I am, you know, like sort of leading out of, if you knew what goes on in, not, let alone in my heart, but actually then in my actions, like, it's not a healthy place, like, I, I know I'm not preaching to the choir necessarily, because this is what we all grapple with in our own way, isn't it, there's stuff that goes on in the, and it taunts us and keeps us captive. I just had a real revelation that, just about this thing of integrity. What the Lord wants to do in the land, it's just bring life and provision and all the... But, but he wants a transformed people that are no longer held slave by Egypt, that are no longer in the grip and, and, and the, the calling back to, like, come back. It was better here. Come on, come back. That's not real. Come back here. I'll give you all that you need. And we know that, actually, when you're there... That's not life. It robs you of everything. It robs you of integrity, it robs you of value, it robs you of dignity, and it makes you feel like you are not, you are subhuman. You're not worthy of the grace of God. You're not worthy to be in the presence of his people. So then people fall away, and they fall deeper back into where they were. And, and I just really felt like what, what the Lord wants to do, he wants a people who are living with integrity with one another, where they can say to brothers and sisters, you know what? I've let myself down this week. You know what? I'm not doing so well. You know what? Even if I haven't let myself... I, I really thought about whacking someone in the car the other day because they cut me up, and I don't know where that came from. But all that where we can talk about without pretending like, hey, yeah, I'm glorious. I'm doing great this week. Some of us will be feeling like that. And you know what? Great. Would you pray for me? But I think for others of us, we're, we're constantly grappling with ourselves and with this other thing, this, the old man that's calling us back into Egypt. The Lord wants us to be in a community where we don't feel like we've got to put the mask on. But people will see something and we'll be a signpost to the nations because he's brought his regeneration in us. We're living in the good of it, even if we're still wrestling. But it's actually as we really truly believe that and we, we, we experience forgiveness and the grace of God in one another's lives, that we're not heaping judgment and legalism on one another, but actually we're helping one another over the hurdles. We're loving one another. We're speaking with integrity pointing to Jesus, inviting the Spirit to move, that's where, where the freedom comes, isn't it? In the following and in the going. And that's what he wants, not only for us, 
but he wants us to be pouring that into our town, like the spirit or the essence of that. That's going to transform Sittingbourne. Not telling them they're all dirty sinners and they need to repent. Well, we can try that, and we can go for that, but there's a, there's a sense of calling people but like into the identity of who they were created to be. They, they were always created to be like that, and a deception has come over the eyes and the hearts of those who are far from God. And the Lord wants us to be those who can say, look, get rid of that, take that off. You don't need to carry that stuff. That's where freedom comes. And so, King Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that what you're calling us into, as great and as expansive as it feels to us as a little people here, is just the beginning. And there's so much more you want to do in City Mall. There's so much more you want to do in our workplaces and in our homes and in our streets, uh, with all of our friends, with our enemies. Lord, we look to you. We, we can't do it, but we know that if we follow you and we lay hold of you and we give you everything, that you're going to do far more than we ever could. And so, Lord, we, we, we loosen our grip on the things that hold us and that we hold on to so tightly. And we say, Lord, would you move in power for your glory? I pray, Lord, that people will look at this church in, in, in a year or two and say, my gosh, what's happened with them? Like they're, they're a different people than they were a few years ago. Gosh, they're growing up into the things of God, that you'd be pouring out gifts of apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, Lord, that there would be a real sense of the church growing up into maturity, that there'd be elders and deacons appointed, that there'd be a sense of sending and receiving uh, to other nations and sharing the gospel in the highways and byways. Lord, we look to you for what you want to do here in Sittingbourne. Uh, Lord, loosen the grip of tasty coffee on our hearts, Lord, we pray. Uh, Lord, we look to you. We want to glorify you in all that we do. Uh, Lord, if there's any sense of like what I've shared this morning uh, like resonating in, in people's hearts and they want to get free of stuff, I pray, Lord, that you give them the conviction to have a conversation with someone, uh, that they would receive grace and prayer and freedom from you. Uh, Lord, we, we love you and we're so excited about what, who you've called us to be and that we don't go alone. Amen.